Brand new podcast. Brand new podcast. Wife of the party with Bert. I'm in. A, I'm, I was not supposed to be on on this, but then I couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. And I never. Uh, yeah. I, 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 well, why? Because who are the guests? Well, the guests are my sisters, Annie and Cotty. Yeah. Kreischer, both yeah. Kreischer. I just kind of kept her last name, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Do you know so. in the Korean culture, the the woman the woman keeps her last name? Maybe. Huh? I, I don't, never mind. I started reading about that last night, but I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, Hold on. That's Cotty. It was Cotty calling me, but we're in the middle of this, so I'll call her back. Um, but we had a great conversation about anxiety because all three of you siblings and your dad all have anxiety. And I just thought that was a really interesting thing that all three of you have it and how it's slightly different from each other. Um, Annie's drastically different. Hey, what's up? We're doing the intro to the podcast. Oh, okay. Where did you order barbecue from that one time? AJ's? Yeah. AJ's. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. AJ's. It's so good. It's so good. Their tater tots are really good. Their too. chicken tenders are out of this world. They're made with dark meat. And their smoked chicken. And their smoked Ooh. chicken. All of it's so good. The brisket's good. Okay. The mac and cheese Brisket. is good. Briskets, ribs, uh, mac and cheese. Their potato salad. Potato really salad's really good. Chicken tenders. And then their breakfast tacos are the best breakfast tacos oh. I've ever had in my entire fucking life. I've had their breakfast tacos. They're amazing. And their banana pudding is legit. All right. Shout out to AJ's Tacos on Riverside. They're awesome. All right, bye. I love you. Bye. So, yeah, that's how life rolls. You know, let's keep this podcast real. Just (laughs) every now and then, Amazon will buzz and say that an order is on its way. What are you talking about? People hear that. Oh. Anyway, I've been wanting to have this conversation with them forever. And Cotty works um, long hours. And a big job. Annie works also. But her hours are a little more flexible. So, I couldn't ever get them. Together and thank you, quarantine. <laughs> I got them together and we could zoom cast about anxiety. I thought it was a good episode. And by the way, it's going to sound like we're dumping on my dad because uh, he's the base of a lot of our anxieties, but he's not the base for all our anxieties. We're all responsible for our own anxieties, but these stories are meant to be fun about my dad. So if you get, if you feel like, God damn it, man, you guys are really trashing your dad. Yeah, but it's like our dad. So, so you want to, yeah. you want to give that disclaimer for your mom? No, she deserves it. She fucking <laughs> she deserves it. She fucking deserves it. I don't know. No, but we talk, we, we harp on both our parents pretty aggressively. And so if you think that we, we love them, they're our parents. They're great. But they also created all the, as mom would say, when I said, I'm thinking about getting on anxiety medication, she went, oh, honey, those are your nooks and crannies. What are you going to do without your nooks and crannies? Everyone's got their nooks and crannies and your house happen to be anxiety you're gonna be fine <laughs> so well it's very pollyanna that's good i mean it's po- poly- positive and innocent and kind of pure thinking my mom is a very innocent pure yes like doesn't is. get overwhelmed by anything oh, well you know except your dad they'll take out my thyroid that's that's that i mean a lot of people don't have thyroids we'll just play ping pong with my thyroid do i look like her we'll just play ping pong with my thyroid <laughs> no the tooth started rotting from the inside and now yeah they say that actually never happens to anybody. <laughs> so I'm lucky. Nana is a very positive, positive, yeah, positive, is. positive. Glass half full. And does not get, she's Betty the Bull, does not get moved by anything, does not get shaken, and just is. And fortunately or unfortunately, she has three children. Who get who shaken a by shaky. a stiff breeze. <laughs> Which is why you have her as a mom. So we're not trashing them. We love them. They're our parents. But. Well, you know, if you get with your sisters and you start telling horror stories about your childhood and your parents, 
it sounds like you're ganging up, but we love them. So if they're listening to this, which they are, <laughs> I love you both. Thank you very much. I am a very happy man because of both of you. Oh, yeah, I am. Good that you said that before the episode started. <laughs> I have to. We now get ready because we're going to destroy them. Right, here you go. No. Well, thanks for coming back every week. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody's buying my camper mugs. They're like, I'm almost out. So thank you, everybody. And, um, you know, I have to, true confession, the Zoom cast is not my favorite. I like being in the room with my friends. And I'm, I, I, don't, I don't like it. So I can't wait to get back to being in the room with my friends. So thanks for coming back every week and listening or watching the zoom cast. Hopefully we'll all be back together soon. I hope everybody's well. Um, hope everybody is well. Thank you for coming back. Thank you, Halston. I appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Watch my special. <laughs> That's what I do when I zoom outside. God. I have the same problem in my house. You're talking about the dog barking? It's so annoying. It is. Which dog is it? Is it Bob? Fucking Bob. <laughs> what is he barking at? Wind. Air. He's Absolutely a nothing. And then he doesn't bark when you actually want him to bark. Right? When it would be helpful. Both my water inside. Do you need to go get it? Go get your water. Do you want me to bring it to you? Oh, my God. You're already up. Ah, jeez. <clears throat> got my water, too. Is everyone drinking their water in quarantine? Nothing else to drink. Tell me about it. For you especially, though. Sucks. Yeah. Although I found a website last night that was like, did studies, and it was like, moderate, light to moderate drinking is five to seven drinks a week in your second to third trimester. It seems like that's a lot. A lot. I know. Really? But only 5% five five of kids of alcoholics, fetuses in alcoholic women who are averaging five cocktails a night, only 5% came out with ADD. I'm like... Oh, start drinking then. It's like, <laughs> you got nothing to lose. God. Unless you're the 5%. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's yeah. hope not. Your brother's coming in. He's of definitely. Course. What are you doing? Check on you. He's coming in. Check. He such serious FOMO right now. Do you have serious you know, FOMO? Yeah. Can I be a part of it for a little bit? Yeah. What do you mean? She did. Can you? Can we? No, like no, this? I'm fine. No, you sure? Mm-hmm. I just want to watch. Kind of looks great. They both look great. Ooh. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thanks sure. for having us. Thank you. So I wanted to talk to you about anxiety. <laughs> Does anybody in your family have any anxiety?
not at all. Nothing like talking about anxiety on a day that you actually don't have any. Ah, I hope it doesn't give you any. (laughs) I think it's really fascinating that all three of you have anxiety stuff. I don't know if disorder is such a strong word. I want to say that, but you all have anxiety stuff, all three of you and your dad. I just think that's really fascinating. And I wanted to talk to you. I don't know if we've ever really had this conversation just as a family about how you deal with each other's anxiety and with your own within the context of everyone else's anxiety. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It depends on who you talk to. Yeah. Can't talk to my mom. No, she's fucking pointless. Oh, honey, you have herpes. (laughs) Sweetie, I think you have a valve issue. She's not good for anything when it comes to anxiety at all. <laughs> well, it may not be her strong suit. No. <laughs> well, she sense. just doesn't understand it. But, but, but people who don't have anxiety, like Mike's not good to talk to about anxiety. I don't think you that like for a long time. No, like I had anxiety last night where I was like crying. Hmm. Seriously? Be- yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally. And I was like, I know this is so irrational because Ted was moved into a toddler bed. Horrible idea during the quarantine. And I'm not sleep training him. I'm not really doing anything to discipline him because I'm freaked out that he's going to get coronavirus. And I know this. Sleeping in a toddler bed? No, no, no. Just if he were to contract it, I'm like, ugh, I don't want our last night. Like, I don't want the last night that potentially he could be home and not going to a hospital, but I'm a dick. Uh, I'm not disciplining him. And then it all occurred to me last night. I was like, this is why I'm not doing anything. And I'm super patient when he wakes up at like two or three in the morning and I'm just pacing back and forth from our room to his room. Yeah. But Mike's like, you need to control your thoughts. I was like, "Hmm." Oh, that's so fucking, that's such a dick thing to say. (laughs) Control your thoughts. Last night, I posted something on Twitter that I thought was a joke and then people got really upset. And then I was like, I had to delete it. And I was, I had legit panic and they were looking at me and they were talking about panic and not being able to control your thoughts on TV. And the whole room was looking at me as it was happening to me. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, dad, this is you. They're talking about. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm having a panic attack right now. And they're like, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, Wait, use some examples, use some examples so people can understand more what what mom is like because I, I think it's unfair to just say mom's impossible for panic I just, i'll start go ahead go ahead no but like i was having panic attacks <laughs> like where your heart races <laughs> and you think you're having a heart attack and i was in florida mm-hmm. and she dad tells you you're ridiculous and goes through like all of his health issues and makes you feel better <laughs> and then mom goes well, sweetie it could be your valve <laughs> And I was like, mom, because you know what? You should really talk to so-and-so about that because they have the same issue. I was like, okay. <laughs> no, no, not good. Not good. Well, no, I had, list out every person in our family who had valve issues. Yeah, I, I had. Bang suffered from that. And you're like, no, 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 we're not doing this. <laughs> I had, I had a rash right here. Do you remember this? Yeah. This is perfect Nana. I had a rash on my cheek, right for those of you listening, right above my beard, over to my nose, and it was fairly visible. And I was trying to fix it, and I was like, maybe it's a dry spot, maybe it's, I don't know, I was putting everything, I'm with Dave Williamson, who now tours with me, and we're in Naples, 
and we're in a ho- in a, a condo and mom and dad show up and dad dad just goes the fuck's on your face and i go <laughs> oh i've had this rash i can't really figure it out i'm kind of just what the, oh, you gotta get that fucking fixed I, I everyone can see that that's disgusting and i go well yeah i've been saying and, and i go and then mom just goes oh honey you have herpes and i went what <laughs> oh honey that's herpes. Herpes. we all have herpes we all have herpes and you've got it on your face it's on your face you just have herpes and i'm like mom that's not First of all, that's not what I want to hear. Second of all, that's not good news. It didn't just take deflate the balloon that popped it. Oh, perfect. I feel so much better. Oh, it's cool. I have herpes. Oh, thanks, Mom. Oh, wait, we all have herpes? Yeah, we've all got herpes. I have it in my eyes. And you're like, Mom, what? I get awkward. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Wait, and she's, da- wait, dad's, like, wait. dad's like, she doesn't have fucking herpes. No one's got fucking herpes. <laughs> <laughs> So it's becoming a little more clear why you may have anxiety problems. Dad started it. Dad started anxiety. Dad, the reason we have anxiety is because of dad. Listen, he knows that. He fucked us up <laughs> by putting, by making us all believe in when I'm going to tell you a story. This is a true story. And every fucking story I say, dad goes, he's got a wild imagination. In fact, <laughs> fucking call him. See, he remembers this. He brought me into his office when we lived in fucking in Riverbend, in, not Riverbend. uh Embassy Lane, and he goes. Uh, I, he had a he had a fucking he had a like a, a a folder, and he had it open, and he goes, "God damn it!" And I said, "What?" And he goes, "Kid playing with matches." Oh, yeah. wait! Oh, I know the other one. I know the other one. You're gonna do. You ready? Uh, yep, yep. Goddamn Dobermans, fucking yes. Dobermans. <laughs> wait, and then what would he do? And he would just close the folder and go. You do not want to see those pictures. That's one kid that played with matches. And that kid will never be the same. Fuck. Fuck. I'm going to have a hard time sleeping tonight. Hey, uh, let's go to baseball. And you now you're sitting there going, what the fuck happened to the Cuban matches? Well, I'm never touching fucking matches. No, because you think if you touch matches, that's going to happen. Yeah. Because there's too much fucking unknown, right? Doberman scared the fuck out of me to this day. Annie, you remember that vividly. Were we together? And he goes, God damn, close the folder. Fucking Doberman. Took the kid's face off. Fucking I got a kid. folder, first of all. And we were, we oh. were. Young. That, was young. that was before Cotty. Uh, yeah. God. He was. Do you he, really? Do you think any that caused some anxiety? Like your dad doing that, or do you? I think you're all wired to have this anxiety. Well, you know what it is? It's just little things like swallowing glass. Swallowing glass. I swallowed glass. I Who swallowed, swallowed glass? glass. I swallowed glass. Nobody, but he said, if you swallow glass. Because, stop, stop, stop right there. Stop right there. You ready? I remember when he told us this, Annie. We were at that. It was the Mexican restaurant on Hillsborough. They, <laughs> he was, they were suing someone and he was dealing. God damn it. You don't want to swallow fucking glass. So then you ready for this? Him and mom come down to fucking Miami one time to come see me do stand up. And we go out to lunch and I swallow fucking glass. And he goes, there's one way that comes out and it's not good. And I'm like, wait, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Why did you swallow glass? I was chewing. I was chewing on ice, and I got to the bottom of the glass, and I go, "Whoa, this ice didn't mean cold." And I pulled it out. <laughs> I told the waiter, Nana and Papa were driving home with me. I told the waiter, "I said, I, there's glass in my drink," and he goes, "Wow." And I go, "Yeah, I know." And he goes, "Do you want a free meal?" And I was like, "Do you think I'm coming back here?" I go, I'm back here. There was glass in my drink, and he goes. Well, I don't know what we can do, man. And I was like, I was like, well, I don't know. Can I talk to someone? And he goes, it's already done. I don't. I, I mean, 
And so I was like, <laughs> the kid just didn't give a shit. So then I go, I do the show, and I see dad that night. Mom and, mom and dad came down. We were going to drive back to Tampa. I was going to fly back from Tampa. And I go, there was glass in my drink. And he goes, motherfucker. Mother, you know, I had a case one time. I go, no, I'm well aware of the case <laughs> at Castle whatever on fucking Hillsboro where they had glass in your client's drink and it ruined his intestines. And now he'll never shit the same because he had glass in his drink. <laughs> uh, trust me, dad, you burned it in my fucking head. God, I wonder what other ones we kind of remember. All of them. <laughs> I told the girls the other day. I told the girls the other day. Do you remember this? I, I said this to Leanne and Leanne, the second, this is what it's like to be a Chrysler. You start a tragedy story and everyone in the room goes, oh, I know, what you, I know where this is going. We went to Cost Plus. You remember this story? Yes. And there was an ottoman. For those of you listening, there was an ottoman. At the time, we didn't have a coffee table, but there was this big ottoman that you could take the top off of. And Leanne thought, well, that would be great. We could put blankets and pillows in there. And then when you, that'll be our table. You know, we'll get like a nice little top to like a, a top to go on top of the ottoman and then we'll fill it up with blankets and pillows and dad sees us looking at the ottoman. He goes, no, fucking no, no. I'll tell you right now, the answer is no. One of your fucking stupid kids is going to get in the goddamn ottoman. The other one's going to stand on it and it's going to suffocate her and you have a dead kid in that fucking ottoman. No. <laughs> and I went, dad, that's not going to happen. He goes, oh, okay, buy the fucking ottoman. Buy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. We got it home. I'm not lying. I am not even exaggerating. We walked it into the front door. We had a bunch of things we were buying at the time. Put the ottoman down, went out to grab more stuff. This is in the apartment. We were in the hallway of the apartment. Walked in, and Georgia is standing on the ottoman and goes, guess where baby Isla is? <laughs> and he goes, I fucking told you. I, I can't put a knife in a dishwasher without him hearing me hearing him in my head. Goddamn knife down. Your goddamn kids. Oh, yeah. Knives and it. Forks, yeah, because someone's going to fall on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do it anyway. Yeah. Or the garbage disposal. Don't put your hand in the garbage disposal. Oh. Someone well, gets that, yeah. <laughs> or putting your luggage in the trunk at the airport. Did you? Did he always do that one, do you? Oh, like the car was going to hit the back of your legs and you'll be... Paraplegic. It'll take your legs off. Yeah. Well, how are you supposed to get your luggage in the truck? Oh. <laughs> you would like dodge it and toss it and then close it and jump <laughs> in the Around the side. You just toss it in yeah. like... Yeah. This is going to be oh a bit. God. I got to turn this into a fucking bit. I mean, he set us up. He set us up to have anxiety. Yeah, yeah but the ones that get you is like when you were in um, high school and he was like, he, you wanted to go out. And he said, no, it's raining because you're going to get into a car accident. And sure enough, you called it. I got into a car accident. Or, or I remember there was a guy. I'm not going to say the guy's name. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to say the guy's name. Halston, bleep it out. Got, uh, got arrested in, in high school in like ninth grade. And they sent him to, uh, they sent him to like a juvie hall. And the holding tank, and his he had one call, and he called Dad to get him out. And Dad went and picked him up, and Dad got in the car with me that morning to go get breakfast. And he said, "Let me tell you something, buddy. You don't ever want to go to Juvie Hall." And I went, "Really?" And he just told me that a group of kids had decided to violate another kid. Told me the oh whole story. God. And 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 That's and. Funny. 
the guy, our quote unquote, the guy's name we bleeped out, witnessed the whole thing. And let me tell you something, his life's going to be different because of that. And that he didn't, it didn't even happen to him. He just witnessed it. So you don't ever want to go to Juby Hall. They piss on you. You know, they piss in your mouth. They piss in the kids. You want that? Or you can't even say no. They just pissed in his you fucking mouth. You can't even say no. I don't see your dad talking like that, though. But what's interesting about him now is you can call him with any anxiety. It's like flying. For me, the only way I'm not scared flying is if I'm flying with someone who's more terrified than I am. Yeah. and for I The think- fear goes away. Um, but when you call him now with anxiety, he totally calms you. Well, that's it's good. almost like his job's done. Now he can just maintain. Yeah, he has been very calming. Like he's, I remember one time, calming. one time I was doing birth conquer and I woke up and I didn't feel right. I was, I took a shower and I couldn't stop sweating and I took my blood pressure and it was like 150 over Jesus. 100. And oh it God. was, oh. I, I was, I was worried because I was getting on roller coasters and I was like, I was like, fuck, I'm going to have a stroke on a roller coaster. And I called dad and he goes, I said, my, my blood pressure is high. And he goes, you're fine. I said, what? And he goes, trust me, you're fine. And my mind's been higher. Nothing's going to happen. It's if it's that, if it's that way prolonged. Okay. And he goes, uh, take, calm down, take a few breaths. You're going to ride the roller coaster. You're going to, nothing's going to happen to you. And I said, are you sure? And he goes, yeah. I said, I was thinking about taking a Xanax. He goes, take a fucking Xanax, ride the roller coaster, take a Xanax, call it a day, get a good night's sleep, yeah. wake up early, go to the gym, you're going to be fine. And you're like, oh, hey, thanks, Dad. And then you have that. And then, then you have the ones where it's not that. You're going to fucking jump out of a goddamn fucking plane. You're not a fucking stuntman. They got you jumping out of a fucking plane. What the fuck? You know, let me tell you something. You do not have the skill set to jump out of a... I go, Dad, I'm just strapped to another dude. No, I remember one time we got into a... Uh, we got into a, a a fight. I was driving down to Bray. I was doing stand up, and I found out that the first episode of Trip Flip, we were going to jump out of a plane onto a tarmac where we got on motorcycles and rode motorcycles from Montana to South Dakota. And I was really nervous. I was really fucking nervous. And I called Dad incorrectly, hoping he'd calm me down. And he about said that he about about all of it. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? You're not a fucking stuntman. What the fuck is it worth? This money isn't worth it. God damn it. They're fucking paying. They got you jumping out of a fucking plane. What do you know about airplanes? What do you know about motorcycles? You don't have the fuck. And literally. And then I said, dad, stop. I said, you're making it worse. And he said, what? And I said, what? You're making it worse. I said, I'm scared. And I'm calling to talk to you so that you hopefully would say something very nice, like, hey, not a lot of people die on motorcycles or not a lot of people die on <laughs> jumping out of airplanes. Let me get my folder. Folder says, right? And I said, I said, I'm, I need you to tell me I'm going to be okay. I'm really fucking scared. And he goes, I can't, I, I'll call you right back. And he hung up. In like 10 minutes, he called me back and he goes, I, I don't know what to tell you. He goes, I, I just, I, I just can't, I don't, I, I, I'm having a hard time with it. I, I, I Listen, I think you're going to be fine. Uh, people jump out of airplanes all the time. You're going to be fine. And as long as you're safe on that fucking motorcycle. And, 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 I, and I was like, I'm going to be very safe. I'm terrified. And he goes, okay, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about this. Just get through it. And then he sent me the greatest email I've ever gotten from dad ever, ever, ever. Do you remember that email? 
sort of. I'm going to go find it. I'll read it to you. I'm going to find <laughs> it. You guys talk. This is the greatest fucking email I've ever gotten from dad. I'm going to go get it. I sort of remember it. Not really. No, I have no clue. So who do you think yeah. has the worst anxiety? I, me. You think, I think it's too bad. Who's me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm way worse than Bert. I have it, I have it but I keep it to myself. Well, that doesn't mean it's not. No, no, no. But I keep it to myself and it like, it's usually only one thing. It's only, it's usually only health. If I have too much sedentary time, I can convince myself that I'm dying of something. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Now, what, what do you think, where do you think that came from? Like, or do you think it's just how you're wired? You know what? You know what I think it could, you know, but my panic attacks started later. Like, remember when my friend died from the brain tumor? And then um, Alyssa's sister died. And then Gwen's mother died. I believe that was all the same year. No, it wasn't the same year. I don't think it was the same year. Like, sudden things happen. No, Alexis and Grandma died back to back. And then Gwen was like the following year. That was, that was okay. But I think it was just proof of like shit can happen mm. where I go oh it can just happen whenever it's so not you were older you were in your late 20s or early 30s oh you had to be in your 30s so, grandma was 10 years ago mid 30s yeah wait yeah that's yeah right. that's right because 10 years ago I would have been 39 which would have made you what 34 something like that yeah. Well, that's interesting, Annie. I didn't realize it was that late in life. No, so it was a bunch of things where I kind of just, yeah, because then that September I started having um, heart palps. Mm. And that was when I went to urgent care. I like, I was like, oh my God, I can feel my heart beating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of panic attacks Georgia has. She has anxiety about stuff, but it's really low grade. But she's had two of those panic attacks where I was holding her once and I could feel her heart like it was coming out of her chest. Yeah. And, she was yeah. Talking oh. and then our cousin Mag. Hmm. Oh, because when's mom and Maggie, I had gone to Pennsylvania to be with Mag after she had her um, surgery for mastectomy. Mm-hmm. That totally started a whole new inner dialogue about cancer. Mm. And then every time I'd go back, a conversation of cancer would happen. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I would just spiral a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, and so it was a bunch of things happening where I kind of just put myself to the back burner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just get through this. Like people need your help to get through it. You know? And so I did it. And then by September, I was like, heart racing. And I'm like, this is weird. That's I interesting. Went doctor, I went to the cardiologist. They're like, uh, no, you haven't had a heart attack. <laughs> but it's interesting like, that you say, like, we can put a thing, we can put a monitor on you. And I was like, okay. And of course, the minute I left the cardiologist, everything stopped. It stopped. Yeah. But it's interesting that you say you put off your feelings to take yeah. care of other people. And then it got to this new level. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if you had 
been a- had you been able to deal with your feelings along the way, if it had would have made you have the heart palpitation type anxiety. Yeah. I wonder. That's curious. I didn't know it was that late. Or like some way to like release that energy. Or the fear or whatever it is. And it would happen like every summer when I would go um, the East Coast. Uh-huh. It just was too, I'd go from like functioning life to like a screeching halt because Nana was like in her 90s. Yeah. I'd like sit with her and I was like, oh, this idle time is not good for me. <laughs> and I'd have to, mom was there one time and I was like, okay, so every year I'm just going to have panic attacks. Oh, that sucks, Annie. And that was when I was with mom. And then she was like, well, sweetie, it could be your valve. And I was like, <laughs> and then I'm like, we were talking about like family history and I'm like, well, how did he die? <laughs> He's like, oh, he had something on the back of his neck. <laughs> it was melanoma. <sighs> That's right. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. And dad's just sitting there going, this is not a good conversation. <laughs> Stop this conversation. You're being ridiculous now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So, so you- then, and then it happened. And then I went a, a couple of years where I made it through without the panic part. And I think I got down to controlling, getting, like entering the panic. Got it. Like I'd notice when it would start happening. Right. Because it always caught me by surprise. And you could arrest its development. So then I'd go to the East Coast and I'm like, it's coming. When's it coming? Mm. And I would know, I'd feel it coming on and kind of like breathe through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last August was when I came back and I was like, all right, I need to go get physicals and start working out. And I walked into Hot Spin with Bert and I was like, I just walked in. I'm like, I already had the feeling I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ever go to Hot Spin? Because I did it before I thought I was going to die. And I was like, it was so great. And I walked in and I looked at him. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just don't want to die during this class. <laughs> Maybe after. And I even told him whoever was at the front desk. I was like, okay, I'm either going to be really good or I could die. And, and the, But see, that's when like you talk to Bert or you talk to Cotty and they go, oh, yeah, you're going to be fine. Like Bert's like, hey, you just need to sweat. You're, you're fine. And I did it. And then he was like. So you're still alive. I'm like, yeah, I just needed to sweat. So here's a question. If the same words, you're gonna be fine. You just need to sweat came out of someone who doesn't have anxiety's mouth. Do you hear it differently? Yeah. You it would, so like, it wouldn't resonate for me. So I don't have anxiety. So if Annie, if you and I went to hot spin and I went, Oh, you're going to be fine. You're just gonna sweat it out. And you'll be fine. Would you think you don't fucking know what you're talking about? Or would you no, I would respond well to that. It's when I, that's what I need. That's what I need. I don't, I don't need, like when I was convinced I was going to be diagnosed with cancer, I had no symptom of anything, like <laughs> no lumps, no bumps, nothing like no marks. Then why did you think you had cancer? Well, I don't know. Just, just because you had too much time and your mind was spent. Get it. Why wouldn't I get it? You know, like people yeah. always go, Oh, that's not going to happen to me. My brain does the other thing. Where it goes, oh, it's absolutely going to happen to you. Oh, no. I called mom and she was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just, what if I have cancer? And she, and she goes, instead of going, you're, you're fine. Like, don't, don't think like that. She goes, well, you'll have to get through it. Oh, oh my God. God. I was like, 
Um, oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You realize that that's the healthiest response to have. Yeah, well, yeah. Apparently, after like five months of therapy on this, like that, you have to walk through it, not around it. It doesn't help, but that is the healthiest response. You take, you remove the fear from it. Right. And then it, it's powerless then. But that's in right. the moment, it does not help. It no. is it, not to defend your mom, but to defend her a little bit because I don't have any anxiety. Sometimes it took me a long time to learn what needed to be said. And I don't always get it right. Sometimes I get it, still get it wrong because, because I think, well, you have no symptoms. There's no reason for you to feel that way. And if you have it, I feel like your mom, if you have it, you'll get through it. You go to the doctor, you handle it. We handle it. It just gets handled. But yeah. it took me a long time to figure out that that's not what Bert needed to hear. Bert needed, Bert, in my opinion, needs to be validated for his feelings first. And then he can hear a little bit of reason. I understand that you're really upset. That's really upsetting. Um, that yeah, would really upset me if that happened to me. However, you have no symptoms. Is that you and mom. Uh-huh. That I, I always wonder this. If I ever have to have something biopsied or tested and they say, so you'll have results in 10 days. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the worst 10 days, right. but you guys are just like, all right, push pause for 10 days. I'll be back in 10. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're right. It's a very different way of coping um, or managing. And I don't know that one way is necessarily better than the other, but I don't, I definitely don't have as much stress as Bert seems to have about things that, that are anxiety producing for him that just don't produce anxiety for me. And I know they do for you guys and for, for Al. So it's fascinating to me. And it's fascinating to watch the three of you deal with each other because like this happened yesterday. We were on this FaceTime call and Cotty said, I think I've already had Corona. And Bert goes, no, you haven't. You haven't. You totally haven't. And then Bert goes, I think I've had Corona. And Cotty went, you haven't. You totally haven't. And I'm like, wait a minute. You do have the same anxieties. You're saying the same thing to each other. And you're discounting each other exactly this. And you know what my head says? What? I'm asymptomatic and I've given it to my whole family. <laughs> and I say, I definitely don't have it. I don't have it. That's what my brain says. I don't have it. I never have had it. And if I have it, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so Cotty has it worse than Bert and Annie. You have it worse than your dad? Yeah. The most wired like dad. Yeah. I think so too. Um, I'm the only one that it forced into therapy. Like I was at the end of the road where I was like, well, it was also postpartum. Yeah. Well, was what, how did you get in? How did, what, what happened to make you decide to go to therapy? Um, I started getting anxiety when I was pregnant with Teddy in my fourth month. Mm-hmm. I went to a psychiatrist. My, I, I was obsessively calling my OB at like midnight. <laughs> we were just talking about this. <laughs> and um, he finally saw me. No, he always saw me, but he finally brought me in and he never does the ultrasounds or anything, but he came into the room. He's like, we've got to get your brain checked and your heart checked because I can't tell if this is like anxiety that you're calling me every night with your heart racing or if you actually do have a heart issue. I don't want either to be overlooked. 
So I went to the same cardiologist, EKG on the chest, nothing. Um, and then I went to a psychiatrist and she prescribed me Zoloft. And I was like, huh. I always knew, you always hear stories about people going off of that when they get pregnant. So I was like, this is interesting that she's putting me on Zoloft. And I went to San Francisco, uh, San Francisco with you guys that weekend. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And we sat down for breakfast and Burke goes, I was talking about my anxiety. I'm like, so they prescribed me Zoloft. Burke goes, you're not taking Zoloft. You're pregnant. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I I had it in my back pocket. It's like carrying Xanax around. It's like, you know, you have the cure. So almost having it is all you need. Right. I never ended up taking it. It kind of eventually went away. I figured out a few things that like, you can't lay on your back. Just weird things that were making my heart race. Um, so then I had Ted totally fine. And then about seven months after it, it just hit me like a brick wall. And I don't remember much about it. I was like, Annie probably remembers more. I remember being scared to go to work. You couldn't do anything. I couldn't, I was completely incapacitated. And that was postpartum or? I think it was. I mean, I haven't, I've never heard anyone, Alyssa Milano actually talked about it and she did a podcast where she talked about it and she said that her doctors were like, like never heard of it almost. And she's like, it was very real to me. I didn't have, I've never had anxiety, didn't suffer from depression. And then all of a sudden after having this kid, it was like this debilitating anxiety, like almost to the point where you go, I've never had depression. Maybe this is depression. You wake up and you're just scared to face the day. You're like, but it's even worse knowing if I had stayed home from work, I would have never gone back. Wow. So. Well, you maintained like your daily. I did. I forced myself. Yeah. Um, Went back to that psychiatrist. She put me on Lexapro. Went on Lexapro. And then I started seeing, I felt like guilty going on Lexapro for some reason. I felt like I wasn't really dealing with it, even though part of me thought it was mostly hormonal and that it was just like, I was going to get through it. Um, she referred me to a CBT therapist. Mm, Okay. Um, and I started going to him and he just, it was fascinating because you learn, you learn the basics and he's like, this your feeling of anxiety is no different than your feeling of excitement or sadness. He's like, it's not dangerous. Mm. It's a fight or flight mechanism that's happening in your body. And it's just reacting to an emotion you're having. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took the power away from it. Like it was no longer descending upon me. Interesting. You know? uh-huh. Like, cause I'd be like, Oh, sh- Oh God, it's coming back. It's coming back. I'm waiting for it. And, and then he kind of, he kind of told you that you can't, He's like, you have to be okay with getting a terminal cancer, you know? Like, no, but you have to, like, you have to be okay with the idea of that. Otherwise, you're always going to live in this perpetual state of, like, fear that that that's going to happen to you. But once you're okay with it and accept the fact that all these things in life can happen, then, you know. And they're out of your control. It's out of your control. And people get through it all the time. And he would give me examples of, like, horrific things that happen to people's children. He's like, and you know what? They're still alive. They're still functioning. They're like life. It is possible. So, but he going to him 
I went off the Lexpro because I was like, oh God, because the whole, I don't know how much about cognitive behavioral therapy people know about, but like it's a triangle. And when you tweak one corner, one edge, the other two will fall into place. Right. So it's like cognitive behavioral and I forget the last one, but one is like medicine and one is your, the, your way of thoughts, like the way your thoughts, you process your thoughts and then other is behavior. So like one thing he did, like the fourth and fifth session, he was like, you're carrying your Xanax on you, aren't you? And I was like, oh, I almost took one before I came. <laughs> he's like, if you take one before you come here, he's like, don't bother walking in the door. It'll be a pointless session for both of us. Why? And so, cause he, he's like, you're just medicating. You're, you're, you're coming in to tweak another angle of the triangle and you're altering the third angle, which I can't help you with. So if you're going to medicate, you do that on your own time. Okay. So he's like, but even carrying it around with you is a crutch. You don't need it. No, it's not. And then he told me I stopped drinking coffee because I would have these like racing panic attacks. Yep. Yep. Been there. He's like, he was like, you need to leave here and you need to go get a coffee. Hey, go, you go fuck yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you going to sit there and hold my hand tonight when I feel my heart racing? Like <laughs> my fucking brain yeah. off? <laughs> he's like, the coffee's not doing it. Coffee has no effect on this. But you know what? It starts happening and you go, you can't fight it. He's like, don't fight it. Let it happen. You know, it's so, true. That's funny. That was the, that's the, the theory on having a panic attack on marijuana is don't fight it. Just let it go. Yeah. Also, I think that um, if you anticipate something happening i think sometimes it happens you know what i mean like your anticipation is worse than when it actually happens so then what are you supposed to be caught off caught off blindsided by it no you gotta anticipate it you gotta be ready for it you gotta be thinking every angle cover your bases i think the other part is if i were in that state i mean when i was trying to help georgia i wanted an answer coffee causes this okay no coffee but there sometimes isn't a real clear answer. Like Georgia with the first panic attack, she had the heart racing one. She woke up in the middle of the night with it happening. Mm, so that's how mine started. Yeah. I was in like, high school, and I'd wake up at like 2 AM. My heart would be racing and I couldn't breathe. And then yeah. hold on. And then, cause that happened to me too. So in what was school? your experience? What? In high school? Uh, in when, when we moved into the new house, when I started sleeping in my room by myself. Oh, geez. Well, after probably 12 years old, I'm okay. guessing. I'm assuming I started doing that eighth grade. Um, seventh, <laughs> eighth grade. I'm ge- I don't know when I started sleeping by myself. It was a, well, I was much so older than... When you moved into the new house, you and I shared a room because mom and dad were like, you guys are out. Because we were both sleeping with them up until I was 10. No, you weren't. Bullshit. <laughs> Because well, I guess so. Cotty came around at nine. Well, this yeah. makes sense why you have no problem sleeping with two bull mastiffs. <laughs> More people in the bed, the better. Now, um, and I think I think what's interesting is I would have panic attacks watching television in my room, and I would I would hear Johnny Carson yelling at me. He would be screaming at me, and I'd have a pan- I'd be having panic attack. And I go into the bedroom to tell dad and he'd just go, God damn it. Just go back to sleep. You're going to be fine. I remember one time I've, I've, I'm sure people have heard me say this but one time I was, I, this is when I was still sleeping in Annie's room when we were sharing a room, I guess but I was sleeping in your room. I had a realization that 
one day dad would die. I fucking ah, flipped uh, out. Like I, it was like it was like, and I think sometimes that is what a panic attack. A panic attack is an actualization of an idea. Like like you can almost you go, well, this is super real. Like, and I realized dad was gonna die, and I flipped out, and I thought, I one day I won't have dad, and I couldn't sit, and I you know this is only to people with anxiety attacks, but where you like stand up, you go, I need to get out of this skin. I need to get out yep. of this. I get out of here. I walked into his room and I said, Hey, and you never woke dad up where he was like, Whoa, what's up, buddy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think he's unusual in that. And I no. don't think people in oh, that I'm generation sorry. I'm sorry. knew what Ready? panic attacks were. Here we go. No, 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 no. Hold on. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Liam. Touch me. I'm going to do an impression of waking, oh, dad up, dad. waking up is scary. Touch me and I'll do, this is what it was like to wake up dad. Okay, and then can I do a demonstration of what it's like to wake you up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Motherfucker! Cocksucker! What the fuck do you want? Okay. What do you want? What do you want? No, I'm going to do you, okay? Okay. Nana hands. Nana hands. <laughs> Honey? <laughs> that's, what, that's what dad's like to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> and you're literally going, hey, baby doll. <laughs> Baby doll. I'm trying to do this as gently as I can. <laughs> so time. I woke dad up. I was not, I was 10 years old. I woke, I know only know that we were, I was 10. I was in third grade when we moved in the new house. I woke up, dad, motherfucker. What, what, what do you need? What do you need? And I said, dad, you're not going to die one day, are you? And he goes, huh? I said, you're not going to die, are you? And he goes, yeah, we all die. You're going to die too. Go to bed. And I went, I'm gonna die. <laughs> Wait, I'm dying. Fuck this. I died. And I fucking laid in bed all night long. He wasn't good. He wasn't good. I don't think he had much anxiety when he was younger. No, when we were little, he wasn't. He he wasn't like he is today. He has a lot of anxiety now. But on the flip side, like I also think, look at what he went through as a kid. Oh, like, like just. They didn't talk about, they didn't even acknowledge the fact that anxiety was a thing. So, like, to lose your dad in boarding school and, like, you know, and then just to suppress all that and keep moving, it's just, like, he was just, like, autopilot, I think. Imagine having to wonder how things are going to get paid for, how you're going to eat, how you're going to get money. Like, all those things he had to worry about by himself. He couldn't, you don't, I mean, I'm sure Bob Marion was a great friend, but I don't think he could sit crisscross applesauce on his bed and be like, oh. I'm kind of freaked out, man. <laughs> no. And then Vietnam, like all the stuff that you're just like, just not even have a soundboard of a dad to go to with all that. So when did his anxiety start showing itself? Were you guys already full grown? When do you think it started with your dad? Right away. I think, I think I'm guessing the first time I noticed it um, ever was when we lived in the new apartment. I noticed it going into high school. Really? Yeah. But you were gone. You guys were in college. Yeah. I noticed it. It wasn't like it is. It the the 20 year span in between like Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe 60 to 70 was pretty bad for him. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's I think when it was at an all-time high. Well, I was around for 60 to 70. Well, not 60, but I was around I've been here he, almost 18 years. Is that when he so was, you were around for 60? Yeah, I was around for 60s. Yeah. 
Were yeah, you, it was, was that, bad, but that's the only way I knew your dad. I didn't yeah. know your dad in his Yeah, he was on those weight loss pills. That's what it was fucking. Oh, yeah, that speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speed was bullshit. It was like hanging out with a crackhead. <laughs> he was always trying. He, was, he would finish your sentences for you. <laughs> it was fucking horrible. I hated it. Uh, so how do you think your anxiety helps you? How is it a positive? Is it a positive? There's got to be a glass. Yeah. I go to the doctor. Yeah. Like for regular checkups and whatnot. Well, yeah. And other, I, I put it off. That's like, I tend to like, I'm one of those people like, I don't want to know, but then I'm like, but then, and then I have those moments where I go, but you know, early intervention, Mm -hmm. I know now. Right. So it takes me like some time to do it. But then, you know, I have all the, and then I go to the doctor and I really have nothing to bring to her. She asks me all the questions and I'm like, no, no, nothing other than my mind. And she knows all of us. So she's like, yep, you come by it honestly. Yeah. It is fascinating that all three of you. And now Georgia. Georgia's really mild. Georgia, you fixed Georgia. No, I didn't fix Georgia. Georgia fixed herself. I found the right cognitive behavioral therapist for her at the right age, and she did the work. That's all I did was find the right person. And that person clicked for her. For whatever reason, she still has anxiety. I had. I don't know that she's had like the heart pounding. I think she learned to do what you've talked about, Annie, where she can stop it before it gets to that place. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me anymore. No, hers doesn't seem that she kind of figures out what's going on and she'll get really quiet and will really withdrawn. And I think she's in her head working her stuff in her head. But we're really lucky we found that doctor that, you know, because not all therapists work for everybody. You have to find the right person that kind of makes sense to you, I think, Mm -hmm. and gives you the tools that actually are effective for you. So, she didn't work for Isla at all when I was having sleep anxiety and she even came in. The doctor was like, your kids are completely opposite in the way their anxiety works. This one needs like to distract herself and this one needs tools. And so that's two totally different, you know, toolboxes for two yeah. kids in the same family. So I was trying to apply Georgia's tools we learned to Isla and they weren't working. And I was like, I don't understand. Isn't it a one size fits all? Shouldn't it be? But when I took her to see the doctor, she was like, no, this kid needs what I had originally tried to help Georgia do, which was listen to classical music, um, maybe read a book or, um, you know, even Isla reads books on like her tablet. That's what the doctor prescribed for her, which is what I was trying to get Georgia to do before I took her to the doctor, which was totally wrong for her. It's super yeah. fascinating as a parent. And I had a, I had sleep anxiety when I was a kid. I was terrified to go to sleep, but mine was very kind of localized and very much about that time in my life, you know, about what was going on in my family life. So I think once all that got done, mine went away. I'm not wired like that. I was just having a hard time. Yours was like situational, exactly. whereas like mine is generalized. Exactly. And so is Bert's. And so is Georgia's, and I guess so is yours, Annie. I don't know. Annie, you kind of did. What? Yours is more situational rather than generalized anxiety. Yes. Mm -hmm. But when I go to bed at night, 
that's when my mind goes crazy. I'll think about shit that I don't even think about. I remember giving you those one milligram Xanaxes when you first moved into that apartment over on Melrose. And you were like, these things are awesome. (laughs) But, you know, so Ted is, you know, Cotty's little one is in his own bed. And today we were talking, we were like, you know, maybe you should move his, his new bed where his crib is. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he moved to a totally different part of the room and now has to get used to that. And we were talking and I'm like, Cotty goes, could you imagine if someone (laughs) took you into a dark room without anything and said, go to sleep? (laughs) I was like, that's essentially what we're doing to him. We take him into a dark room. We're like, give me your iPad, get into bed, get under the covers, close your eyes, go to sleep, go to sleep. I'm not going to sit here unless you go to sleep. (laughs) I'm like, that would be awful. Yeah. And And Mike's like, yeah, that's what you do. That's what I do. I'm I just closes his eyes. Same with me. Yeah, that may, I had a joke on this last special. Leanne goes to bed like a fucking Mormon, like a settler. Just, well, that's it. I'm done thinking. Nope. That's that is how I, I go to sleep. I can't fall asleep if the TV's on. Like, I can't go to sleep. It's too distracting. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I, I can. That's the only way I did know how to fall asleep. And then Mike's like, I can't sleep like this. We can never have the TV on. So... Oh God! We never have the TV on, but I sometimes I'll do like a sleep hypnosis on unplugged, uh, and it's so funny to turn it on. And Mike's like, "Hey, put that uh, hypnosis on," and you can literally put it on a pillow, press play, and before you hit a minute, he is snoring. Yeah. Where I'm like, "How? How?" But you don't remember going to sleep. It's weird. I don't ever remember when I fall asleep. I do. I fall. Asleep. Oh, I do. I literally fall asleep. I feel myself starting to fall asleep. I feel my brain go. All right, we got a busy day tomorrow. We got uh, we got a podcast. I got another podcast. I got to catch all the horses. I got to wait. Catch what? all the horses. Catch all the horses. And then I go, oh, you're falling asleep, huh, big guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go through the day again. All right, we got a podcast. We got another podcast. Organize shovels. Take the horses out. Shovels. Let's go ride. Here we go. Yeah. And then I'm in dream world. So, Cuddy, what do you think is good about your anxiety? Um, I think... It makes you appreciate everything. Okay. It does. The little things. Because I look at everything now, like like yeah, health stuff or shit that other people are going through. And I go, oh, phew, that's not happening to me. It will happen to me one day. So I'm going to just enjoy this week because right now no one's dying. No one's deathly ill. Like I think of all the things that I have to be grateful for. And I go, huh, I can, this week I can relax. Enjoy it. Because it's not always going to be like this. It's not like I'm over it because it's still behind. You know what I mean? In my head, I'm telling myself this horrible shit's going to descend upon you in about seven weeks. So enjoy the next six. Right. Right. But it does. I don't know. It gives you like, you're gracious. It's like a macro way of looking at life that you go. Today's okay. So let's enjoy today. Gratitude's pretty powerful. You know? For all types of maladies in the brain and heart. I think gratitude, just being grateful can take away so much noise. Um, Not just about anxiety, about anything. Yeah. Um, And then there was also this person, I was driving to work one day and there, it was a woman who read a book. I don't know what I was listening to. It's serious. Beyond my abilities. Sorry. (laughs) And she was talking about, it was this woman who wrote a book that was like people and she has anxiety and panic attacks. And she's like, we need to change the way we view that. Like it's not, 
we view it as like something horrible that we carry around with us. And it's not, it's like a superpower. I think that you're able to manage it and live with it. And she compares it to, they did studies on like wild animals Mm -hmm. and how there are certain animals in nature that are always on the perimeter and are just anxious. Mm. And they're always the ones that are like on edge standing on the perimeter. And they're the ones that warn everyone, yeah. like all the, the bunnies on the inside on the chase, line, like the you and Mike and mom on the chase lounge on the inside, enjoying life. Like the ones on the perimeter are always the one that save the pack. Right. You know? Yeah. So she's like, you kind of need to view having anxiety as like a superpower. Yeah. That's why I bought a gun. And, <laughs> and when shit went sideways and everyone wanted a gun, I went, Oh, aren't, 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 Aren't I glad I have anxiety and I've been afraid of predators my entire life, home invasion? <laughs> Aren't I glad I have weapons all over the house, hidden all over the house? I have at least, at least, not even a joke, 50 knives strewn throughout all over the house, hidden all over the house. What would happen if someone actually came in the house? I think it would look like this. <gasps> right? I, I wish I had bought bullets. My gun. Oh, I would die. I had a dream about Leanne, last night. shoot them. That's yeah, what would happen. Yeah, yeah. We talk big over here. Chase Lounge Bunny. <laughs> with my ear to the ground i think yep. right. i have an exact example of that right when this coronavirus was starting bert called me probably two weeks before we got into quarantine yes at least two weeks he was on the road and he said i want you to go to the store and get supplies for a month i just don't you know don't no judgment just go do it and for once i went you know what i'm gonna listen to him I'm going to get shit for a month. And if nothing happens, then I have it. I'm just going to get stuff we're going to eat or use anyway. So, and I have room to put it. I'll stick it all in the garage. And I'm just going to listen to him because my main motivation was to quell his anxiety because I thought if he's feeling really anxious and all I have to do to make him feel better is buy a month's worth of toilet paper, done. Pasta, rice, meat, bacon. But in the past... I had to learn to do that. And in the past, I would have gone, that's ridiculous. I'm not buying a month's worth of food because you have anxiety. No. No, I'm not doing it. That's what I would have done years ago. But over the years, I've learned, what difference does it make to me? If that's all it takes to make him feel better, why wouldn't yeah. I do that? And I think a lot of people who don't have anxiety don't understand um, how simple it is to help the person that has it. Uh, usually what he needs is pretty basic. This converts pool water into drinking water. <laughs> I have this because I'm fucking crazy. I'm the bunny with my ear to the ground going, there are wolves here. I know that. Exactly. Because when we need drinking water, dad's got it. <laughs> but anyway, I, I hope anybody... You know, my podcast, I like to learn something. I like people listening to learn something too, which is part of why I like to talk about stuff like this because I feel like there's got to be other couples with one person who has anxiety and the other person who doesn't, and they're not handling each other well. Can I I tell you that I think it's actually the majority of couples? I think the majority, I think think 50% of America has has one person that has anxiety and one person that's like, I don't get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. really freak you out when the one person that doesn't have it has it and you go oh shit if they're worried about it right yeah that's one thing that i to be the person who doesn't have it and to speak honestly about living with someone who does is 
I sometimes go, well, you married me partly because I don't have it. Could you imagine if we both had this terrible anxiety? We would be like in a bunker at this point. We would have dug a bunker in the backyard. So there should be times perhaps when you're feeling really anxious and I'm the voice of reason that that's not a bad thing. No, you know right? what, you know what calms me down? That I'm what calms me down is to get on Amazon and buy weapons or things to prep for the future. No, but you didn't acknowledge what I was saying. What I'm saying is, if you know I don't have anxiety and we're looking at a situation and I'm not feeling anxious, but you are, you don't allow me to say, hey, baby, I think we're going to be okay. No, 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 no. When I do yeah. that, you feel patronized. No, because I When feel I'm like not patronizing you, I'm trying to comfort you and say, I think things are actually going to be okay. I bet there was someone on one of those 9-11 planes going, there's no way they're going to crash us into a building. But then there's, there's definitely someone going, this doesn't end well. This, this doesn't end well. I think, I think people sometimes, sometimes here's the problem with anxiety is no, I get what you're saying, but like when you have anxiety, you, all you see is the, the negative coming your way. And when you sit next to someone who goes, it's going to be fine. You go, yeah, you've always said that. And then one time it's not going to be fine. And I'll be the one who would predict yeah. it. Yeah. You know what your reaction should be? Just be like, yeah, you're right. I'm totally freaked out and see what he says. Well, no, I, you're right. I don't want Nana. I don't want Nana going, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll just, <laughs> no. you know what? We'll deal with this when we deal with this. No, no. but no, but there are, there are times when you have anxiety, when I have already validated how you feel, and I've tried to give you the voice of reason, not in an airplane that's been hijacked and headed to the Twin Towers, but in other like more normal, less like with health matters, like when you thought you had testicular cancer and there was no reason oh. for that. And I go, well, why don't we call Dr. No, I can't call Dr. No, I'll call Dr. No, call Dr. Okay. Well, why don't we give her a call so that we can figure this out? No, And then I was getting in trouble for suggesting that. And then I go, well, what should I do? Go, oh my God, you probably have testicular cancer. No, I shouldn't do that because then, A, I'm lying. Here's what I want. Do you realize that Ryan got a call from me 48 hours with throat cancer? Oh, he's got a call from so many cancers. 48 hours, he called her about testicular cancer. And, and then I came right. in for a check-in because I thought I had throat cancer. And she was like, your brother <laughs> is pretty concerned about him. I was like, oh, I heard. And she's like, uh-huh. Oh, you don't think we've been talking about that, Dr. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do, Leanne. In in that time when I go, okay, this is pretty real. I'm pretty sure I have testicular cancer. I want you to go. All right, I've been I've been ready for this. Here's what we're gonna do. I have a voodoo doll in the bathroom. We're gonna go take this voodoo doll. We're gonna let. <laughs> Look at the background. Hello, Teddy. What? Teddy's behind Zay. Oh no way. I can't see. You can't see him? No. Okay. Oh. Oh my gosh, you guys. If you want to laugh with anxiety, just put a fake spider in front of Ted. Oh yeah. It's the best day ever. Be scared? Yeah. Terrified and it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. It's another Islaism. You know, Isla didn't sleep camping for two nights because you saw one spider. Yeah, I think we have one down here. We'll do it before we get off. Oh my god! No, it's terrible. Um, I stick it right here in my hair, and it's dangling out. Oh my god! <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. 
So you think he's going to have your anxiety? I hope he doesn't. I hope not. But if he does, just bring him, bring him to that thing. I got to be honest with you. When Leanne fixing Georgia, Georgia fixing Georgia, or whatever the fuck that is, um, that's the best thing that ever happened to Georgia because her anxiety attacks were like next fucking level. And whatever mechanism she they gave Georgia to fix that. It's CBT. It's, it, we can all fix ourselves. We just have to go. That's CB, And you have CBD? to practice it. No, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. So what oh. the doctor said to Georgia was, here's the tools, but if you don't practice them, they won't work. Exactly. So you have to practice them when you're not having anxiety. And then when you're having it, you're practiced and they worked. And she did it because she's that kid. She really yeah. wanted a solution too. She really... Some people don't want solutions. She wanted one so badly. And you know, the biggest solution I think the doctor gave her was that she told her I was wrong, that I was telling her the wrong stuff. And I think that made Georgia listen to her. And I'm, I've kept saying, go in your room, count to 20. Well, that's, but that's, but that (laughs) would work for Isla. I would say count down from a hundred and really count like 99, 98, 97 because that would distract her brain. I thought if her brain's going this way, pull it this way and it'll work. Well, that does work for Isla, but that does not work for Georgia. So I kept saying to Georgia, count, let's listen to classical music. Let's um, visualize a butterfly and really see every part of the butterfly also works for Isla, but it doesn't work for Georgia. So when I went in, the doctor was like, everything your mom said is wrong. Don't listen to anything she said. And Georgia, I think, went, okay, I'm going to listen to this lady. Yeah. She knows what she's talking about. And everything she gave her worked, right? Which is yeah. why I thought, well, yeah. then I clearly don't know what I'm doing. So when Isla started having anxiety, I said, this is what she said to Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Or my guy. Count your breathing. <laughs> oh, that's what, did you know that's what police officers, that's what they're trained to do. To, really? Trained to do what? Four seconds in. Yes. Hold for four seconds, four seconds out, hold for four seconds. And I'm telling you, that's what my therapist told me to do. Mm-hmm. It's a game changer. He's like, I go, when do I stop? When do I stop? When can I open my eyes? He's like, when you're ready. And sure enough, it only takes the longest it took. So I had a panic attack right before going to his office once. Um, the longest it took was like close to two minutes and it was gone. He's like, it's just, you need to get oxygen to your brain. That is what's happening with fight or flight. It all goes to the center of your body. Everything goes numb. Fixed. And in order to slow it all down, you just need to breathe. I've been, I've been doing, I, I've been finding myself recently not breathing. Yeah. It's been going like, what the fuck's going on? That affects everything. Well, that's what doctor told Georgia to do. Hers was like four in, two out. Four in, two yeah. Four in, two out. And I gave that to Isla. And what, <laughs> what a doctor said to, about Isla was that, that is not enough for her to focus on. Like I was giving Georgia so much, it was activating her brain. But Isla actually needs her brain activated to get off the panic. So it's really fascinating. Because I don't, you know, I was just a mom trying to get my kid to go to sleep. I, yeah. You know, and then when I, Georgia had that real heart beating, like I'm dying, today's my last day on earth. Yeah. Definitely, I'm dying. I'm suffocating. I can't breathe in the middle of the night. I went, okay, this is beyond my pay grade. I need to find a professional. And we went to see her only three times. It was amazing. Uh, well, you know, it's also a fun exercise. What? It was the first thing he gave me 
keep a journal of everything you're dying from. Mm. And then you go back and read the last like four weeks and it's absolutely ridiculous. That's interesting. It's like, it's like write down, write down every time something triggers your anxiety, what it is, what you think it probably is going to be diagnosed as you'd be happy if it were diagnosed as this. And it was always ridiculous. Like to go back and read it and go, okay, these thoughts are like, they're reoccurring, you know, but this then you see it as a pattern instead of a, a pattern, incident, right? If you yeah. see it as a pattern, you go, oh, well, I'm just repeating myself over and over again. Okay. I could see how that would make you. One of the things Dr. Nicely told Georgia to do was if she was scared of like, there's a monster in the closet, which she never was, but this easy example, just to talk to yourself and say, what is the likelihood that's true? Wait, is you don't remember the ritual? What's that? The monster ritual without Georgia? The monster ritual, what? Was when you lived in the apartment, we had to go around the room. Yes. I don't remember what we had to say, but they were like, you held her with a little nightlight and you had to go to every... Yeah, what was that? What did you say? Oh, I don't remember. No way or something. Yeah, wait. Oh, I think we said something like, thanks for coming, but it's time to go now. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Time to go. Bye-bye. I did do that. I forgot about that. But she would be afraid of something. And Dr. Nicely was like, this fear is good. It's really healthy. This fight or flight is a very important part of your, your like makeup. You need that. You just need to be able to determine when it's necessary and when it's anxiety. Yeah. So you have to ask yourself these questions. Is there really a monster in my closet? Probably not. If there is a monster in their closet, let's just say, then what happens? Well, I have a 130 pound dog in here, so I'm probably okay with that. And if that doesn't work, then what? Well, my parents are okay. And then it starts the anxiety mm -hmm. getting less and less, but you had to practice that when you weren't feeling anxious. So she would have her think logically about other things and kind of break it down. You know, um, is the mail in the mailbox? Probably not because the mailman comes at 10 a.m. and it's only 9 a.m. Okay, so he's probably not like to, to use your logical mind. Um, yeah, but you have to trust your logical mind. That's true, but for whatever reason, Georgia did. Yeah, no, because I, I do the same thing where I'm like, okay, but realistically, <laughs> what are the odds? But Annie, you're lying. But then I go, but I think a lot of people that it's happened to have had the same thought. I will put I will put this out there. I feel sometimes if I don't respect the fear, then it'll take me over. Mm. Like if I don't pay respect to the fear, yeah. it will really happen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. That's interesting. It's almost like preparing yourself. Yeah. I do it like I'm preparing myself for it. That's so interesting because what happens with me when I have something fearful is I detach myself from the emotion and I go Okay, I hear you, but that's not going to get me all booked up. That's kind of what I do. Yeah. So I go, you know, I mean, I had like a sketchy uh, mammogram once. Right? I remember that. I was just thinking about that. And I was like, yeah. And you were like, well, if it is something, we'll figure it out. But I mean, I, I think it's probably not going to be anything. But I remember like emotionally detaching myself from the fear and going, I'm not going to have that. I'm going to know this is concerning. They're concerned. I'm going to yeah. go back for a test in a few weeks and it's going to be okay. So it's okay. 
but I, I did have fear. So I you don't do what I, I do where you go, let's live out all the scenarios <laughs> where shit goes sideways. Oh, I play both sides. Oh, I don't play. I just play one side. By the way, I'm obsessed with whatever this is on my cheek right now. It just looks like a red mark. Uh, herpes. Skin cancer. You need to wear sunblock. Um, I'm going to go get something to eat and shit. I I've been you? talking for three hours straight. Yeah, he did a podcast. <laughs> Um, you guys look great. Let me tell you something. Out of all the fucking zooms I do, very few people light it and look as nice as you guys do. I just go check out the ones I do with Bill Burr. Bill has a blue. I don't know what I'm not seeing. No, our lighting is. I, I knew this was the sweet spot for lighting after yeah. six weeks working from home on conference calls. <laughs> so what's been, what's been the worst part of quarantine? Not drinking. Yeah, not drinking. It's awful. But that has nothing to do with quarantine for you. You're pregnant. Oh, yeah, at least if I left the off, like to go to the office, like it's sitting here. It's like a countdown. Ah, uh, I see. You know what, though? I do think as much as it <sighs> very difficult, having Ted during quarantine really keeps your mind busy. Yes. That would be, I would imagine, very true. That's how Leanne feels about me. <laughs> you and Teddy are essentially the same person at this point. Could imagine being quarantined alone. No, I like this new character where I pop into screen and tell <laughs> things. I wouldn't want to be quarantined alone either. You know what I mean? Like I feel, I, I really feel for the people that are like, I have not seen anyone for like two months. I'm and as much as he can be so exhausting. And granted, I do get to right. go downstairs and you know, my nights, my night, like my, you know, you know, it's like very, it's just my daytime is distracted, but you know, love you guys. Love you. I know that would be, that would be true. I like being in my alone time, but I'm really glad that I'm really glad Bert's home for this. Um, yeah. because we've had a great time. It's so fascinating. Our relationship sometimes is a real fascinating thing because we don't cohabitate very much like out of all the days of the year the 365 days a year we probably live together a third of that like in the same yeah and i thought this was going to be a disaster first of all i thought his anxiety would be far worse but i think me being the only person that leaves and the only person that deals with groceries and that kind of stuff helps for whatever reason, even though if I have it, clearly I'm living in the same house with him. He got yeah. it too. But um, yeah, he's been really great in this whole process. Um, I really expected his anxiety to be crazy. How's your anxiety been in this whole process? Quarantine. I haven't been, I, I haven't been that bad at all. Really? Yeah. That's you know, I, um, I think initially in the beginning, I got a little bit, a little bit stir crazy, but there's something about not being able to go out. Yes. I was able to go out. If I wasn't quarantined, I could never spend this much time at home. I feel that way too. Because mm -hmm. I'll have a day where I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to stay home. Yeah. And the next day I'm like, I need to go out and do something. Yes. Yeah. I feel like being told you can't do that is easier. I agree. It gives and you permission. And we've like started going on walks in the morning. That's good. Yeah, that helps. Because I, I hate going on walks. Yeah. 
so boring. Like I don't like hiking. It just bores me. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, we go on this little 35, 45 minute walk and it's boring me to death, but it's also like, what else are you going to do? Yeah. At least you did something. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how the quarantine kind of simplifies things to me. It's made things simple. I, I think I was making myself busy a lot. Um, busier than I actually needed to be. Like I didn't really need to go to the grocery store every day to get. No, but I think you feel that need of like, I have to get shit done. Yeah, exactly. Now when you get that need, you go, well, I could do it tomorrow. No or do I really need tomorrow. to do it at all? Does it really need to be done? Yeah. I don't know. Like, meh. Your parents seem to be doing okay. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, they seem fine. Yeah. They're so funny. I you- talked to dad this morning and he goes, I only have eight hours left before bed. I was like, God. <laughs> <sighs> Good times over there. Good times. What do you think they do all day? They just watch TV? Yes. Yes. yes I- Mom goes around like into her office. Back to the man cave. I think around three o'clock they start having cocktails. Oh. By the way, it's so funny though, Mom. You know how she is. She when she comes out here, if she's staying with the girls or staying here, she she's fine in quarantine. I mean, her day has not changed. She wakes up, she showers, she does her hair, she fully does it, she puts on makeup, <laughs> and I'm like, why are you even bothering still? She's like, I would do this. Most days I'm home all day and I still do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the first time I've blowed my, blew my hair dry and. I did it. Oh, thanks. This is called, I went swimming earlier. <laughs> so. I I did, Cause I got on to see what I looked like on the computer. And I was like, ah, <laughs> you don't ever look like, ah, no. <laughs> she has the ability. Patty goes, you blew your hair dry? I go, uh-huh. And when I don't blow it dry, how much shit do you give me for how it dries? Why? Is it really crazy curly? Uh, she looks like barfs from Spaceballs. What? <laughs> it doesn't have any rhyme or reason. It's bad. Unless we're really? away. I surely I have in our lifetimes together seen your hair not blown dry. Nope. Nope. Oh, it's usually up. But Romy can do one haircut or maybe more. I don't know. But he does this one haircut. Um, when I'm going to go to Hawaii and he, he's like, it'll, it'll look good if it just dries wet and I'll be damned. Really? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can let it dry. So why don't you just have that haircut all the time? Well, cause I haven't been to him in forever. Oh, oh, oh I see. Well, I say once it grows out, it's yeah. not like that anymore. It doesn't grow out gracefully so that you can keep yeah, Okay. I got it. I mean, I don't really care right now. Yeah, no. But I just texted you a photo of what it looks like when it air dries. You did? I don't have, oh, let me see. Well, no. I mean, you have to understand also, <laughs> I sleep on it wet now. Oh, here it is. Let me see. Oh. Annie, <laughs> 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 that's what it looks like? <laughs> You're looking at. I texted it to you, Joe. I slept. That's what I slept <laughs> <laughs> what I did, I sent her a picture of that and a picture of Carol Burnett and Mama's family. Yeah, it's exactly. It's Eunice. 
Yeah, like Eunice. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's one place I've always been lucky. I've always had good hair. Just flat straight. Yeah. Super straight. In the eighties, it wasn't great. But I wanted the curl. Oh heck yeah. I had to do the like, um, angular, super straight angular cuts or I look like a mom, you know, Stop it. 80s where one side was high and one was like this. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for talking to me about this. Anything else you want to say about anxiety, anxiety in your family? Do you get aggravated with each other when you have anxiety? Never. Yeah. I do. What? Yeah, you get more. Yeah, but like it breaks my heart. Like I, I get upset knowing Bird has it or Annie. Annie gets pissed off sometimes. She's like, would you stop? Not tonight. Like, hey. It's like ridiculous to me when I go, oh, you're just looking for something to worry about. Uh, see. I'm like, you need to practice your tools. Uh, yeah. She's like, wait, what are they? I need to get my book out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh God, I lost it. Oh no. Now there's anxiety about that. Well, I think I've gotten better. Do you think I've gotten better? Yeah. With anxiety? With handling anxiety, with not my own anxiety, but with Bert's and even with yours. I mean, you know, well, I think with you, it's nice because you actually, you try to understand it. I do try to understand it. I, especially because I think it would be horrible to have. I mean, I think that would be as much as it is a superpower. I think I'd rather have a different superpower. (laughs) Absolutely. Take like x-ray vision or something. I don't know. But I feel so bad. I mean, even when Bert has it and it's ridiculous and I lose my patience at the bottom of that, I feel really bad because that must suck to really feel. It's exhausting. Yeah. And it's got to, it take, it must, my perspective is it must take up so much headspace that you could be using for something else, for creativity, for problem solving, for enjoying yourself, for having fun, for, you know, learning, whatever you, but I feel like that just shuts down. I know for him, when he gets in it really bad, it shuts down everything. Yeah. So there's no, there's nothing else going on. And I feel like that must be really bad that you can't shift gears and go, okay, I'm going to set this aside for now. And I'm going to watch a movie like this. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah. doesn't happen. And I think that's just awful. That must be awful. Yeah. 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 You can't um, distract yourself from it. You can't what? You can't distract yourself from it. Right. I think when it gets really bad, you really can't. And But that's also when I know how valid my fears are is if I can get distracted, then I'm just flexing that muscle in my brain that feels like worrying about something. Hmm. Like when my, when I'm having panic attacks or thinking I'm going to have a panic attack, but yet I'm not, when I'm not thinking about it, I'm fine. But then I go, Ooh, you feel like yourself. That's weird. And then it comes back a little bit. But it's only when I'm in that mode. That's kind of like what Bert was saying, where he feels like he has to respect the anxiety. Like if he doesn't, it will take over. Yeah. I wonder if it's like that once you start relaxing a little bit and feeling normal, that may be the same piece of that coin he's talking about. Ooh, 
but there's your guards down. Yeah, exactly. That's really fascinating. Or the things that give me anxiety, like Mike's getting better with it. Like last night, he's like, I can't entertain this conversation. You've got to control your own thoughts. And I just walked to the bedroom. I'm like, wow, that sucked. And then he came in. He was like, really don't think that's going to happen. You know, it was his way. But it's interesting when Teddy gets sick. I've noticed that Annie's the only one that's calm. Mm -hmm. I freak out and I get a panic attack and I could throw up. It's like I could pass out, throw up and shit my pants all at the same time. And then Mike becomes very angry and detached. Interesting. Which is an odd emotion when your kid gets sick. But then we've started to realize that it's that vulnerability. It's the same way I feel anxiety. He kind of disconnects. He cannot deal with that level of intimacy for like for like the fear of some like your kid being sick that he just completely steps away and starts doing stuff. You're like, you haven't cleaned the stove in three months or like ever. Right. Or he'll start doing mindless stuff that you're like, oh, that's his way of dealing with it. Yes. So it's, it's interesting that you just st- start picking up on, you know, you may not have anxiety, but it's a coping mechanism. Totally. My coping mechanism was anger when I had kids and they would get sick. I'd get really angry and I'd be angry that they were sick. Um, and I had to kind of recognize that so I could stop doing that because, oh, well, that's not fair. It's not fair to me either to feel that way. Much yeah. less to the kid, it's not their, not that I would blame them and be angry at them, but my underlying feeling was like, fuck, fuck. And then Bird said this, something like that to me too. He said, you know, when you sign up for parenthood, you don't sign up for all this vulnerability. You don't understand that you're signing up for this big ripping open of your heart. And I don't really actually want that part. Like I'd rather not have that part, but yeah. you can't be a parent without it. Like yeah. it, it doesn't work without it. You have to accept that you will be made vulnerable uh, and that you will be tested for your strength, stamina, fortitude, uh, so many things that you just never really think or maybe someone can tell you that, but until you're in it with your kid, you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think what, what happens to me, why I get irritated with anxiety, like when Ted, like when Ted gets sick, if Ted gets sick, I've been around a lot of sick kids. Mm. But I don't really like freak out. Yeah. If it's freaking you out, call the doctor. Yeah. I don't want people giving me food for like things to think about. Yeah. So don't tell me what you're freaking out about because I already have in my way. I think this is going right. You know, like don't give me anything about. Yeah. So I just kind of like, I, I'm just like, you need to call a doctor. Yeah. I think he's fine. He's a cold. Right. Now kids call. You have a lot more experience than most people with sick kids in particular. Well, as I got older, my, I, f- I would get angry when they were really, really young and I figured out that's what I was doing. So I stopped. So then when they get sick or injured, I get really calm. But yeah. I think that, I don't know, different people cope with things different ways. Yeah. The thing about marriage is allowing each other to figure out each other's ways of coping is sometimes not easy, you know? Yeah. And it all stems from like the same emotion. It's you're scared. Everyone's scared. So you become angry or you become anxious or you break down. Like, so you, so you just, you kind of realize that you go, we're both feeling the same way. We're just, we're acting out differently. 
That's exactly right. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't allow themselves the opportunity to figure that out in a marriage and they just give up and they go, well, he's just a dick because ABC instead of going, well, why is that happening? Well, he's feeling the same thing I'm feeling. I'm just crying and he just threw something against the wall. So maybe, yeah, maybe we're really feeling the same thing. But anyway, Interesting. well, I hate that you guys have anxiety. I'm glad that your bunny's circling my chaise lounge with Gigi. You're welcome. <laughs> Gigi, Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Just got on Twitter, and this is what caused anxiety. And I was like, why would I invite this to my life? Don't know. For the subtle. Oh reason. no! You know what? Social media is the worst. Mm. I took I'm a week like, off. It was game changer. I'm on it too much. Mm. It's just like. I'm like, I gotta, I, I like, I just want to throw my phone. I'm like, I just got to get away from it. I'm horrible. I clearly don't do enough social media for my podcast or anything. Cause I just, it doesn't interest me really. It's not interesting to me. I don't know why. I don't know how to work it. I just know how to look at it. Well, I know how to look at it, but I go, I'd rather watch like, I'd rather watch a TV show or, or yeah. I'd rather read a book or I'd rather go outside and do something. I'm lame. I'm old. Old lady. Well, thank you guys for talking. Thank to you me. guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. I love you guys. Love you. Love you guys. And I have okay. one person left on my computer. You do? We made it. All right. Well, enjoy your Sunday. I can't wait to see you again in person. I never found that email from dad. Oh, no. All right. Keep working on it. All right. Talk to you okay. later. All right. Bye, bye guys. guys. Bye. bye.